Okay, give me the needle. There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Welcome to the Needle Exchange, the podcast where our amateur musicologists, the dilettante DJs, curate, discuss, and share playlists built on a common theme. My name is Jim Jewell. I'm your host. And yay, though we have walked through the valley of illness and tech gremlins and scheduling conflicts, still we have returned to podcasts. Joining me here in the smoky back break room of our fictional record store are... Hi, I'm Zach Pruitt. Uh, please don't ask me to remember the 5th of November. I can barely remember what happened last week. <laughs> uh, Jose Amador, and I just flew in from Chicago, and boy, uh, you know, I can't do it. Delian awaits, I owe you five bucks. <laughs> Relax. For this resolute raconteur requests a reward of your rare time. Take respite and revel in the rhythms and regulated rhymes rounded up by relatively respectable revelators who rap riotously on records, riffs, and rocking refrains. Really, this reflection on reputation reveals naught but rote rambling, so I will wrap up and release you with a round au revoir and my nom de rapport. Rob McGregor. <laughs> See, this is what you happens when you bitch. get people too much time to think about their intro. <laughs> so much time. We've had so much fucking time. <laughs> so we had a system that was a theme being given to our DJs a uh, week to come up with lists and 72 hours to listen to them before we release them and discuss them. We have had considerably more than 72 hours to listen to them, though we have held off on discussing them so far because things have happened. Uh, so the theme of this show was originally decided on because of when we were going to be recording it, which was the 5th of November. Uh, and as soon as we realized that, we thought it absolutely has to be a Guy Fox theme for these lists uh and i don't i don't know about the rest of, of the guys how much they knew about guy fox uh, i of course had to research a little bit and all i really knew was guy fox mask and guy fox day uh the two favorite things i learned were essentially oh we think of him as sort of an anarchist rebellious figure and his goal was to put a catholic on the throne which seems like not the most rebellious sort of act uh and the historian who said uh his story is great because you can look at it from any perspective you want and really we just like to burn stuff and blow shit up mm -hmm. that i can get behind 100 <laughs> percent. so uh how about you djs i think rob you were the the first one to propose the theme to us yeah uh no i think it was jose actually um oh was it yeah it was jose to, who proposed the theme uh, but when he when he did propose it, I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm on board." Uh, I will admit that I had a bit of a challenge, though. I, I initially I had like two days that I was just at sea trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this, or or get together what I wanted to do, which I'll discuss later. But um, I really I really appreciated the theme. 
I'll, I'll try to prune the many thoughts that come to mind. But the idea, I, back when uh, we first started recording, I mentioned that I had started building up a list for protest music. And one of the days that I had in mind for it would have been uh, a Guy Fawkes Day. Or Guido, as he was known right. among Spanish circles, which explains a bit about my list. What what I like about it is the, the, what the historian said, that you can look at it from any angle. But for me, uh, the movie uh, V for Vendetta actually added a touch that I think is, is something that people should adopt, which is fucking having a day of like, we're going to protest. We're sick of this crap. We need to actually fucking do something about it. Let's let's talk about it. What are the things? Uh, and that's why I kind of fixated on that day as a day to start, you know, to share protest music. Yeah, Zach, what was your riff on the, the theme going into the list crafting? Yeah, this one was also uh, presented itself as a, a, a challenge to me initially. I was trying to figure out how I was going to... Um, approach it. I don't want to give too much away until I can actually start talking about my list. But yeah, I would say just like Rob, I was adrift for a couple of days before um, I finally started getting some ideas. But uh, it is it is a tricky one because I think I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as the rest of you where I thought I knew all I needed to know about Guy Fawkes because like, you know, you watch a movie and a movie tells you something historical. You, there's no need to dig into that any deeper, right? Um. So I was fairly confident going in and then got on a Wikipedia page and was thrown a, a couple of curveballs, but I, I managed to make them work, uh, work in my favor. So, Wow. That's, I, I love hearing that going in because uh, Zach, your list definitely took me some distances uh, around from track to track. Uh, and they were all, they, I want to say they were all great this week, a couple of weeks ago when I first heard them. Uh, and they each had that, their own flavor. There was a there was an Americana feel. There was one that felt very continental European to me. There was a world beat list. Uh, I just, I love all of them. Uh, Rob, I get to love yours first after you tell us about it. One of my favorite etymological fun facts for the English language is the fact that the term that we use, guy, uh, meaning man, male, dude, uh, comes from, gets or, or, or has its origins in Guy Fawkes. The reason for this is because uh, they, they'd festoon these effigies with threadbare, uh, worn out clothes. Uh, it, that became a then a slur, like a, a pejorative for anybody who's wearing threadbare and wore, uh, worn out clothes. So anybody who was looking shabby and shaggy was considered a guy. The, the term guy at one point was synonymous with our term bum today. Uh, and then that kind of flattened out just to mean any old man or male or dude. Um, <laughs> uh, conversely, the term dude used to mean a man who was wearing fineries, uh, nice clothes, a fancy lad, a, uh, a, a city slicker, right? A, a dandy. And uh, that, hence the term dude ranch, where a city slicker might go and cosplay as a cowboy for a weekend. Uh, but that, of course, then flattened out to just mean any guy or male or or, or man. So I, I like that from the sartorial top and the bottom, we have two terms that sort of just mean the exact same thing now in our language. But that got me to the term guy. I focus on the term guy uh, as as in the uh, the bum, the hobo, the rambler. And I wanted to then create a list that sort of uh, discussed the lives of the ramblers and our, our, our itinerant souls and our houseless friends who uh, 
who uh, live these lives just rambling, wondering what, what is over the next hill. And I wanted to do so uh, authentically uh, without a stitch of contempt or judgment. And so I created this sort of CBGB uh, country bluegrass and, and blues and folk list uh, to to accommodate uh, the lives of 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 our of our rambling souls, uh, both the joys and the uh, the hardships therein. So, without further ado, I will get into my list and try to go through it quickly. I, I begin with Blaze Foley, uh, uh, living in the woods in a tree, a very very whimsical, lovely uh, country country tune about uh, a man who lives in the woods with his woman uh, <laughs> in a tree. He fucks it up and then he just goes on again. It's so good. I met a kinky little woman with crazy hair, big brown eyes and a faraway stare. Moms wouldn't think we'd have made a pair, but we're living in the woods and trees. Then I get onto Fred Neal, uh, Gone Again, uh, a uh, song that is very much just a, uh, very much borrows from Hank Williams' Ramblin' Man. In fact, he actually borrows an entire lyric from it, uh, from Ramblin' Man of, I love you, baby, but you got to understand, when the Lord made me, he made a Ramblin' Man. Uh, Fred, Fred Neal's fantastic. Uh, you've heard him before. He uh, he originated, he wrote the song, uh, Everybody's Talking, which was used as uh, the theme for Midnight Cowboy. I woke up this morning I say I woke up this morning with the naked pain deep down. A shivering cold. He's such such an amazingly deep baritone bass voice. I love him. Uh, following that, I go to John Hartford with a, uh, a country folk standard, Gentle on My Mind, which if you if you own a guitar and have a voice and sing country or folk at all, you've probably sung this song a lot. After that, I have uh, three little interludes that are just interview snippets of Towns Van Zant. Uh, this one is called Wild Crazy Things, where he talks about how he would uh, disappear into his apartment, lock himself in, take the phone off the hook, and just drink wine and listen to... Uh, Lightning and Hopkins. So I'd follow that up with Lightning Hopkins singing about wine, Wine Spodioti, which is a fantastic, fun song about just people gathering the resources to get a fifth of wine and pass it around and have a good time. Following that, uh, we got uh, Mississippi John Hurt with uh, Make Me a Pallet on Your Floor. Him and Lightning and Hopkins, they they both are just blues made flesh. Up the country, 40 miles more. I'm going to the country while the cold steed in snow. I'm going up the country while the cold steed in snow. I'm telling how much further I may go. Just make me down. Make me down. This song has been in my head for the past two weeks straight. It, uh, it actually superseded uh, another song that was stuck in my head from another one of your lists, which I'll get to when we actually discuss that song. But I'm very glad that this song has been stuck in my head for two weeks because it is lovely. Uh, following that, I go on to uh, High on a Mountain by Ola Bell Reed. This is another kind of folk classic. Uh, she's an absolute monster 
uh, on a claw hammer banjo. Uh, she plays these galloping 16th notes every four measures that every time, every time they come up, I'm just like, Oh, here they come. Here they come. Here they come. <laughs> they're, they're great. I love that. I love that song. Go into a second uh, interlude, another bit from Towns Van Zandt called I Had to Fall. Just him talking about a story about he was he was on a balcony and he just wanted to know what it was like to fall. But he realized in order to do that, he had to fall. And so he just let himself fall. He was probably drunk because that's that's how Towns Van Zandt rolled. And he, he fell four stories and landed on his back. Following that, I go on to uh, Etta Baker with Railroad Bill. Railroad Bill is another uh, country folk uh, classic standard about uh, a character in history named Railroad Bill. His name was Morris Slater, who was a, uh, a black bandit, African-American bandit, who uh, was quite heroic in his escapes and his gunfights. He survived and was victorious in no fewer than 17 gunfights. Uh, he he personally waged war against the l uh, Railroad line, the, the Louisville and, and Knoxville Railroad line, because one brakeman found him hitching a train asleep and they, they threw him out of the moving train. Legend says that he took his rifle, his long long rifle, fired at the uh, the brakeman and, and shot his uh, his lantern out of his hand. And that started a big old uh, feud between him and an entire fucking corporation, which I absolutely adore. And somebody needs to make an extended series about this guy. Read about him. He is dope as hell. Following that, I go into Ramblin' Jack Elliott, Hard Traveling, doing a cover of a uh, Woody Guthrie song. Starting to recount some of the hardships of this kind of life, of what you have uh, what you have to go through uh, when you're, you are a rambling soul. And then I follow that up with Woody Guthrie. Uh, with the song that I think if I had to pick one song that truly encapsulates the spirit of this list, it would be this one, which is Hobo's Lullaby. Go to sleep, you weary hobo. Let the towns drift slowly by. Listen to the steel rails humming. That's a hobo's lullaby. It's just so gentle and beautiful and filled with love for people who don't get enough love and who deserve more love uh, and respect. And and Woody just captured that and nailed it in that song. Uh, I go into my final interlude, uh, Towns Van Zandt, uh, again, talking about, uh, in a little track called I Designed It That Way, talking about, he literally says, um, <laughs> I... I don't expect, uh, I don't see a very long life for myself. I expect uh, my life will run out before my work does. I will, I, I designed it that way. And then I follow up with an actual Towns Van Zandt song, which is like the one song, if you listen to Towns Van Zandt, this is the song that you you know, uh, Waiting Around to Die, uh, which we start getting a little into the more darker side of, of the uh, the Rambler's life. But I, again, I, I wanted to be authentic and, and not shy away from the hardships so I, I wanted to talk about you know the, the the song and use this song, which discusses the the life of one person who has had it rough, but no matter what, it's it, whatever they do, it's better than waiting around to die. It's a wonderful standard, and it really kind of encapsulates that sort of dispossessed um, nature. Coming to the home stretch, we got Jimmy Rogers, uh, Hobo Bill's Last Ride. Nothing but the howling wind and the driving rain, so cold. When he heard a whistle blowing in a dreamy kind of way, the hobo seemed contented 
For he smiled there where he lay. Oh, 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 oh. This is a song Hobo Bill's last write, a ballad about um, a little hobo named Bill who dies on a train of uh, exposure. But he dies with a smile on his face, uh, contented. Because Hobo Bill goes to Hobo Heaven afterwards, because I have to finish out with uh, Harry McClintock and uh, the Big Rock Candy Mountain, which you probably know from uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It was used uh, in that in that show. And that's it. That's my list, you guys. Uh, I had a lot of fun making it. And uh, yeah, I hope you had fun listening to it. I'm uh, teaching my creative writing students, or I just we finished a poetry unit, where one of the things we talked about is the way a poem teaches the reader how to read it in in lines, uh, line breaks, and in structure. And I think your list very quickly told me what to expect, because my very first listen through, I remember lying there, I was in, in the house just listening and uh, wondering when I was going to hear Woody Guthrie. And then huh. when it delivered and I heard Woody, I knew that I was going to be hearing uh, Big Rock Candy Mountain. And yeah. it just, I, it, like both those things were baked. It had just such a great Americana vibe throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Zach or Jose, one of you guys want to uh, offer up uh, your reactions to uh, Rob's list? Rob, it's interesting you mentioned the etymology of dude and guy because uh, the first time I ever heard Towns Van Zant was at the end of The Big Lebowski uh, when they played his <laughs> cover of Dead Flowers. And of course, the star of The Big Lebowski is the dude. I don't He's know if you dude. thought about that. Probably didn't. I did not. I did not. Okay. And I remember hearing that song and thinking, wow, this Towns Van Zant guy is a good singer, songwriter. That's a great song. And then I found out later it was a Rolling Stones song that he was covering. And then I listened to the Rolling Stones version and I was like, oof, this is not good. And um, I started listening to more Towns Van Sant and his more of his covers and realized that he, along with maybe like Jeff Buckley and Mark Kozlik are like these people that can take a song that's been previously written and just completely take ownership of it, make it sound like they wrote it. And I think for me, the, the, I listened to this one a couple of days ago to kind of refresh my, my senses of it. To me, this playlist almost kind of sounds like the life of Towns Van Sant because he kind of haunts this playlist, you know, he just kind of pops in yeah. and out. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of felt like I was hearing his life story and I read up on how he died and how stubborn he was and how difficult he was to everybody in his life. And he kind of, every time he pops up, he just kind of gives you this gentle reminder that like, yeah, as graceful as all of these people are and as, as kind and warm and gentle as all the music is, um, these journeys often don't end well and they often end sooner than they're supposed to. And I thought that was just a very nice touch and it made everything very bittersweet. But for the most part, I just think it was just such a fun list. Everybody's everybody just sounds so happy to be singing. And even though all of these people are all really talented songwriters, you don't get the sense that they're songwriters. You know, they're just people and they just happen to pick up these tunes in the course of their journey and they just kind of sit next to you and they're like, Hey, I got you want to hear this thing? I got this thing I picked up. And they just kind of play it and they fuck up a little, you know, from time to time and then they start again. The whole thing just felt very lived in, kind of just like putting on an old coat. And had this had this very kind of vintage, authentic feel to it. Yeah, like when you lean into the fabric and you smell the fabric really deeply, like that exactly. kind of nostalgia. That's good. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I kind of I skipped right ahead to Fred Neal as soon as I saw his name on the list because you turned me <laughs> on to him uh, a couple months back, and I was like, "Who's this guy? This guy's got such a good voice, um, a singular voice. Mm -hmm. He sounds like his voice was designed for a different type of." singing like he's got a little bit of Tennessee Ernie Ford in there but then he's yeah, also yeah, got yeah. a little he's also got a little Tony Joe White he's got a little bit of that blue-eyed soul 
And yet he doesn't really do anything with either of those things. He's just doing his own thing with it, which is great. It's a little disorienting at first because you're just like, shouldn't this guy be singing a different way? He's like, no, he's singing his way. Yeah, you you expect him to like arpeggiate some of his like notes or or, or ramble on, yeah. but he doesn't. He just lets them linger and go. I hadn't heard the Mississippi John Hurt song in a in a really long time, and I just absolutely loved it. It's kind of hard for me to pick out one individual song because I feel like it's all just part of this singular uh, journey that the that the playlist put me on. Every song played a, a a very specific role in the in the story, and then to have it end with the Big Rock Candy Mountain, I was like, son of a bitch. Normally. I'm the sad bastard, you know, whenever we put these lists together. And this time I feel like you've kind of, you've kind of stolen that title from me, but I'm uh-huh. okay with it. And I really appreciated your explanation of how you connected this to the theme. I was a little unclear on that initially, but I, I just love the, the work that you put into connecting this to, uh, to the theme this time around. So good Thanks, job, man. man. Appreciate it, brother. Jose? At first, just a general overall note. When I, when I proposed this, I, you know, uh, I was expecting a certain kind of thing, which I'll get into when I talk about my list. But instead, I got this beautiful uh, variety of styles. Uh, that And that very fact kind of blew me away and made me appreciate both of your lists all the much more. Uh, because it wasn't anywhere close to what I was expecting for a protest list. And um, yours, for example, Rob, kind of doubles as, uh, as a little uh, primer for... Uh, Old timey music, as they call it in "Oh Brother Berardo," mm-hmm. um, it, it serves as like like these are some artists that you should look into if you're interested in this kind of music. It serves as a, you can follow the story along. There's something happening here. It serves as uh, many things. For me, the one that struck me first and foremost after listening to it all the way through and picking up on all, all the um, all the all the hints of a rambler's life that are picked up on here. I was reminded of Maxim Gorky's The Lower Depths, uh, which if you haven't, uh, if, you, if you're not familiar, uh, Maxim Gorky was kind of, um, kind of an, uh, a, a different, di- kind of a polar opposite class-wise to um, uh, Chekhov, to Chekhov. Uh, Chekhov existed. He kind of celebrated and spoofed upper class Russian lifestyles. Maxim Gorky was those fuckers don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> here's here's where it's at. And his play, The Lower Depths, is focuses on the lower depths of society. Gotcha. Uh, as they all live under in this this hovel, essentially, they live in a basement. And uh, the play takes a place over a few days, and it's about these people's lives. It's about the details in these people's lives. How did they get here? Uh, you know what they do. And there's several scenes of them going, "We've saved just enough for this bottle of booze. Let's sit around and just have a good time." Um, it's uh, it, because America is black and white and there is no nuance. There is no humor, especially if you're making any kind of statement. There's no humor. It gets billed as this really heavy show, uh, but it's it, it, it can be as funny. Uh, uh, it can be funny. It can be touching. It can be all of these things all at once, uh, which brings me right back to your list. I got to say, was Fred Neal introduced in one of our lists from the past? I, I, I added him in Loss, our very first list. Gotcha. I was wondering where I had heard the, the tenor of the voice. I got to say, Gone Again is another huge impression made. I will be looking further into him. 
uh, so many songs on here. The one Spodiote is a delightful thing. Yeah. And this song in particular was the first one time that I felt that lower depths feel mm. because it is about buying a bottle of booze and just sharing it around the table and having a good time with it. Um, I appreciated learning more about Towns Vincent. All the interview clips that you included were like, oh, oh, I, I, a lot of this list are people that I have not listened to a lot of or don't know very much about. And I appreciated the list for for this very reason. The other one that stuck out for me is the is Jimmy Rogers Hobo Bill's Last Ride, which uh, hit me right in the fucking heart. I the the simplicity of that song, and I, I'm sure I've heard the the signature Hobo that that little lilt that goes throughout the chorus each that introduces the chorus each time. Uh, I'm sure I've heard that before. But uh, paying full attention to the lyrics in just the, the matter-of-fact tone of describing Hobo Bill's last ride, uh, all the little details. And I kept thinking, you know, I, I kept wondering if this song had any, any pull, if it had, you know, it's known now. But at the time, if when it was released, if it touched any hearts, if it touched any minds about, you know, what this life held for people if it gave anybody any empathy and or sympathy for these lower classes you know and you know of course hope so and if so what so. what they did but this song uh and uh make uh what is it uh, make, me, make me a pallet on the floor mm-hmm. are songs that just stuck with me and have stuck with me since i listened to them good 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 brother thanks man thank, thank you, you. Well, I would like to continue the thanking by thanking Jose for the correct pronunciation of the word primer, which many people do not get correct. Uh, And then to tell him, since you were just talking, why don't you just keep talking and tell us about your list, my friend? So my list, Guido sends his regards. And now that I've explained what Guido, why why Guido, et cetera, and so forth, I'm going to skip that part and just go Right into the list, we begin with The Art of Noise, A Time for the Fear. <laughs> the art of noise. They are mostly known for, you know, introducing the world to Max Headroom, for their cover of uh, uh, Henry Mancini's Peter Gunn, uh, for their cover of the theme song to Dragnet for the Tom Hanks, Dan Aykroyd movie. But uh, what's lesser known is that early on, they were really, truly experimental. Um, and this is a good example of that kind of experiment. Uh, Trevor Horn is one of the main influences on that and uh, doing research on him because he became kind of a figure for me because of Art of Noise. Yeah, you know that song, Video Killed the Radio Star, The Buggles? That was Trevor Horn. Uh, He was one of the producers for uh, Yes's, for lack of actually remember the title, 90210. Yeah. Yes, it's 90210. (laughs) Uh, The one with Owner of a Lonely Heart. All of that was Trevor Horn. 
uh, two of the other producers of that song uh, had recorded a sound, a specific sound for Owner of a Lonely Heart. And in fucking around with that clip is how they became the Art of Noise. Uh, then they threw Ann Dudley into the mix and kind of had this weird kind of funky, just big, heavy block sounds talking about different things. And this one was a protest song about war, written specifically about the U.S. war, quote unquote, war against Grenada, which is one, you know, is an example of David versus Goliath in which Goliath can just by just by sneezing could wipe out the 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 enemy and that's what they were commenting on that's what the time for the fear was there was no way that the that grenada was any kind of threat to the united states and yet the here comes the big war machine and to me to my mind that's what the song is it's the activation of the war machine against a puny 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 enemy which comes to mind right now because of a, of a certain situation in a certain <sighs> political middle, state a middle part of the world maybe somewhere towards yeah, the center somewhere parts in, in the east you know one big hugely supported bully on you know right on top of like a an, an irritant irritant small portion of the population but still uh just it's what came to mind and so i kind of wanted to anytime war is mentioned in this list i am thinking of that uh, the rest of the time, I am looking at specific uh, specific uh, reasons and seasons and more uh, about local humanity. Uh, from The Art of Noise, we move on to Good, the Bad, and the Queen. It is one of Damon Auburn's many side projects. Uh, this one is with uh, Paul Simonson, which is, uh, who is the, the bassist from The Clash, uh, the guitarist from The Verve, and Tony Allen, a, a drummer who mostly worked with Falakuti, just throwing that in there, um, he'll come up later. History Song, uh, purportedly, is about London during a very specific time in its history. There are references within the song that kind of tie into uh, London's past. But uh, for me, the refrain, if you don't know it now, or if you don't feel it now, then you will do, do uh, is, is the thing that kind of sticks for me. From the good, the bad, and the queen, we move on to Jill O'Hara and the ensemble from Hair. Uh, the song is Dead End, which uh, when, if and when you listen to it, uh, you'll you'll see a, a certain amount of uh, poetry within within the lyrics. All the lyrics are are signs that you could find anywhere downtown. You know, dead end, keep out, men working. The list goes on. Keep off the grass, all of that. And then use that to make it into kind of a very soft but still valid uh, political point. Mainly that the everyday man is stuck, has nowhere to go. The dead end becomes this recurring theme. Um, I included it here because this is a product of the boomer generation. And that is a double-edged sword. Yes, the boomers, as reviled as they are now, they once were a bunch of young hippies who wanted the best for the world, were, were thought that things were going to be great if we were all revolutionized, yada, yada, yada. And instead, they became yuppies. The other aspect of that is kind of a warning to our my generation, Generation X, and anything that came after us. Uh, like, we got to be careful. Yeah, we have, we're high-minded. Yes, we want these things, but it's not that difficult to end up like the boomers. 
Uh, so if we're serious about this shit, we got to mind our P's and Q's. Moving on. Ha! Uh, <laughs> God, this is becoming a polemic, and I didn't want it to be. This is supposed to be a fun list. It is a fun list. Do it. Move on to salt. Very prolific act out of uh, Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Or they no, can... no, they're English. Mm-hmm. Influence, okay, they're English. They're English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Salt is, is salt is kind of like a kind of like a mountain goat. Anonymous is like collective. It, it, it's yeah. It, it's yeah. inflow one producer and then whoever he wants to work with. I gotta tell you that surprises me uh, because musically they know their songcraft. They know what they're doing. Uh-huh. Um, they they do phenomenal work. The other that comes with the fact that they are very 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 religious. Uh, and this uh, this song comes uh, of, out of a series of five albums that they released in one day that they gave to the world for free as a gift. Um, and the, the majority of those five albums contain heavy Christian themes. Uh, and the first time I listened through the, the five albums that came out at that time, I was a little taken aback. I did not want like somebody giving me all this Christian crap, but I was like, okay, that's not necessarily fair. Let's try it again. And each time in with each album, I found like, okay, that's a song that rules. And that's a song that rolls and money from the, what is the name of the album today and tomorrow from today and tomorrow, uh, money is the song that just kicks ass. The Today and Tomorrow is the the youth-oriented album. Uh, they did a bunch of uh, songs with the youth. Some of them are pretty funny. Some of them tackle both being songcraft and, and Christianity uh, and the youth very well. Um, this, this, out of the five, I would probably recommend this one the most. There's a couple of others, but uh, I'll spare you the time instead. Move on to Rob's uh, girlfriend. Rob, what was the phrase that the KNDD... Forced upon uh, darkness uh, and sex. <laughs> so, uh, as a uh, as a retort, I give you the words that maketh murder. Climbing behind the fierce gun sun. I see fires swarming everyone. Soldiers fell at last of me. Uh, the words that maketh murder comes from the album Let England Shake, which she released early in the 2010s. And it's an entire album of protest music. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, original protest music. Uh, she had written um, 
just needed to say something about England at that particular point. Uh, as at that time, you know, that was the beginning of UKIP. That was the beginning of Brexit. That was the beginning of uh, fuck the immigrants. Fuck, you know, all of that stuff was happening in England, and she felt that she needed to say something. And if you, uh, what I love about this particular song is the lyrics, the the the, the way they, the way that she crafts specific images. I believe that I. Uh, See that done things I want to forget. I've seen soldiers falling like lumps of meat. That is a vivid fucking image written from the point of view of a of a soldier uh, who is has seen all of these things. It's it's a song that if you just listen to the lyrics will stick with you. If you just listen to the music, you'll eventually find out that there is a phrase from Eddie Cochran's "Summertime Blues" that she borrows for the end of the song. Yeah. Um, Take my problems to the United Nations. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I have included a link to uh, the PJ Harvey's Let England Shake demo album. And on there, you can listen to the demo of uh, The Words That Maketh Murder, and you can see just how hard-baked Eddie Cochran's Summertime Blues is Is just, it's in the song. It's in the DNA. It's, it's very present and throughout the entire song. So, okay, so it's a nice subtle message, you know, subtly written, it has an impact, but it's very cerebral. And I, I wanted something that had punch and power. And if it sounded anything like the Dead Kennedys, all the better. Uh, but it, not the Dead Kennedys, because, you know, they're known. So I give to you Idols and the Song War. And I know you have a second. Uh, you have a second clip from this, which is just a couple seconds after that. Please play that now. That's not a couple of seconds. That is the next note. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually, yeah. Uh, but you can feel the fucking adrenaline. God damn it. I don't, I'm not going to say anything about it. Moving on uh, <laughs> to probably the list's most difficult song. Uh, not because it's easy, it's difficult to listen to. It is the Valentine's Blam Blam Fever. I, I, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, meta commentary. I love the lurch between war and, and this song. There's a gap in there where you just don't know where it's going to take you. And then you land here. Kind of a weird dichotomy there, but I fucking love the feeling in my stomach. It's like actually riding a motorcycle. Um, ah, guns, guns. Just guns. guns. This was happening. Guns, guns. In, <laughs> this was happening in Jamaica. The song was written in Jamaica in the in the sixties, early sixties, and um, 
I don't know, man, it just reflects it, what's happening in the United States, why it's always an issue. The lyrics in the song are about like, you know, I don't understand it, but here, man, the gum fever is back. Uh, the easiest, the, the easiest thing is blam, blam, blam. What is happening in our little island? Um, I, this just, it's, it's something very familiar with, and it's worthy of a protest. So it goes into the list. From here, we move to Eugene McDaniel's um, uh, Supermarket Blues. Slam my hand down on the cashier and said, excuse me, please. Uh, so Eugene McDaniels, in an alternate universe, he would be prominent and R. Kelly would be not. Um, <laughs> <it would Yes>. <laughs> Instead, he is mostly known for providing uh, a couple of samples from this particular album. Primarily, uh, the Tribe Called Quest has used a number of his songs. Uh, Jagger the Dagger in particular, if you want to hit up Spotify and find that song. You'll understand. You'll you'll hear it. You'll recognize it. I wanted this to be about racism, but not in the way that you have heard before. I wanted something that was more about the subtleties of racism, and uh, the narrative in this song is about just a regular guy who thought he was buying a can of pineapples, and it turned out to be a can of peas. So he returns to the supermarket where he bought it and starts the process of trying to get an exchange going. Instead. Karen and Chad make things bad and just continue making things bad throughout the rest of the song. God damn. <laughs> uh, this album, uh, Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse, is uh, it, it, it should be known. It, it should be as big as the tele- the revolution will not be televised. It, it should just be huge. Uh, there's a, some great, beautiful stuff on here. There's music that reminded me a lot of Bob Dylan. There's stuff in here that uh, deals with the, the history of uh, colonialism in the United States. It's a great album. It's doesn't sounds like it doesn't sound like anything you've heard before. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, but uh, I, he's African American, of course, and I'm sure there are a few other members in the the list that I've given you that are you know of color. But I needed something that actually spoke to the problems of at least the recent past, if not the present. And who better than Killer Mike and his song Reagan? Boy, I wish I had created the clip for this because it, it needs to be heard. This would be if I were making a rail car like uh, Guy Fox and, and you know, putting things in, the, in amongst the bombs and the, the wood that was going to create that fire. This song would be there to explain why the fuck we're as fucked up as we are. And of course, it's about Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to do part of ha- part of that history detailed, and the way that Killer Mike's details his involvement in in cocaine, in the in the war on drugs, in the oppression of minorities. 
it, it's I cannot find a, a single match. I cannot find anything that comes even close to comparing to it. Uh, so I, I hope you enjoy that listening to the uh, to that. But from Killer Mike, I went to the legend Falakuti and his song Follow Follow. Really simply, uh, this is a good song example of the kind of grooves that is coupled with commentary that Falakuti is very known for. So Mr. Follow Follow represents all the people who say toe the line, you know, don't make moves, don't rock the boat, you know, centrists, in other words. Felicuti uh, is saying that in order to exist, Mr. Follow Follow has to turn off his ears, his eyes, his mouth and his sense because the world is that fucked up. And in order to be actually exist as Mr. Follow Follow, that is what you must do. And fella is saying, don't just follow, look around, make your own choices and go your own way. And then I wrap this list up with Roger Fakir uh, and the song Keep Going. This album is fine anyway. Uh, if you haven't run across Roger Fakir, you should. Uh, he, yes. is, uh, he is a voice. He is a talent. He was in prominence in the Middle East at the same time as people like Gordon Lightfoot and uh, folks of that ilk whose names are completely escaping me right now. James Taylor uh, was a big influence on him. Thank you. And thank you. That was a name on that list. <laughs> you can take my word for it. I swear. <laughs> I chose this song in particular because it is his encouragement to anybody who is having trouble and who needs... Uh, any kind of uh, uh, reassurance that what they're doing is worthwhile. And if you listen to the song, there are clips and snippets of action going on in Lebanon. Uh, and I don't know, something about that, again, talking about current times and the things that we're seeing, I, uh, I take some solace in the fact that um, Fakir is there to tell us, keep going. And that's my list. Lovely. Yeah, with with Rob being very much in the Americana vibe, this was the the list that gave me the uh, the world focus, the the woe pop feel, and the the global look at the same, the riffing a global riff on the same theme. Uh, so, Rob or Zach, you want to uh, jump in on uh, riffs on Jose's list? I'll go ahead and take it because Zach was first uh, first on me. So, uh, Jose, you you already saw my initial note. I accidentally uh, uh, showed you my my master sheet of the the data that I grabbed for for our songs and our lists, and you saw my little note that I put in the corner. That's like this list is so good. I don't even miss Kill Scott Heron, which uh, which is I would say this list is that's the only thing that's missing. But I don't miss him because it's fantastic. Uh, Starting off with Art of Noise, I actually owned that album uh, as a kid. There was a time when I was I, I had gone to Tower Records and I had purchased an, as much of the Zang Tum Tum uh, catalog that I could. So Art of Noise, 808 State, Nasty Rocks, Inc., Frankie Goes to Hollywood, all those ZTT record things I, I absolutely adored. And so I owned this record. And so this, when I heard this song, it, it, it was just a, a blast of nostalgia for me, uh, which I really appreciated. Awesome. Uh, money, salt. Uh, I have my note for that was, uh, this is my new favorite song. <laughs> because it, it, it was in the moment. It, I, it struck me. Uh, moving on to PJ Harvey, uh, my note was, I mean, it got the green heart. You, you found a PJ that got the green heart. 
Yay. Here's, awesome. Here's that the works. thing, you guys. That works. Is that this was the song that was stuck in my head for five days. For, <laughs> from the fifth from the fifth through the tenth, this song was stuck in my head. And it wasn't just all the song. It was only the chorus in loop 24-7. These are, these are the, the words that maketh murder. These are, these are the words, the words that make for fucking, what, what is that, 130 hours of my life? So I've, I, I've now a newfound dread for, for PJ Harvey that has, again, nothing to do with her. She's great. I actually, she will enter your brain for darkness and sex. Darkness and sex. Sex. And political commentary. And political commentary, indeed. Um, so one thing about Blam, Blam Fever, uh, the Valentines, uh, I, I love the fact that you um, put that in the list and it fits very thematically. But I, I've been going into, uh, I, I'm, I'm in the midst of a bit of a, a dub and rock steady and uh, ska phase right now where I'm listening to a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff. And one thing that I've, I've learned recently is that uh, in dancehall music in general, uh, the, the 60s in, in, in Jamaica, one thing that people would do to show appreciation, especially in, in sound system events, is fire off guns. So I think that the song might have some also commentary on that, mm. where people would just be firing off guns to 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 show their appreciation for whatever the selector has has put on the uh, put on the sound system. Uh, but I'm sure that we're going to get into a bit of that in a later date because I do really really want to talk about uh, sound system culture in the future. So I chose that that Eugene McDaniels clip because that drum break at the beginning is so fucking tasty. I mean that the groove, the entire groove of that song, it's like the world's most depressing lyrics set to the dopest fucking groove. The dichotomy just makes me uh, smile and cry on the inside as well. Um, my, my note for killer Mike was let him fucking know, Mr. Render, let him fucking know. Uh, that is that is such a tight, tight piece. Uh, having lived through the Reagan years, having actually been a Reagan fan growing up, and now being incredibly disappointed with my you know young self, I um, I really appreciated that. I don't need to say anything about Fela Kuti, do I? I mean, we 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 we've said enough. Other than the fact that I mean, because of that record, because that so follow follow Mr. Follow Follow came was the B side for Zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. zombie is a song about the Nigerian army uh, and how they are just zombies. And so, so that's why, <laughs> that's why I like the lyric in zombies, like uh, zombie only go tinkle when you tell them to go tinkle. Ha <laughs> uh, ha is, is such a, a biting commentary because he's literally given the fig to, uh, to the Nigerian army who then came and raided his complex threw his mom out a window uh, smashed his jaw, uh, killed a lot of people uh, in his... Uh, I'm, la- I'm, I'm laughing only because of the horrors, not because I'm actually <laughs> happy about this. That record just gave him a lot of, uh, a lot of strife and he just kept going. Uh, it fits perfectly in the list. And then finally, Roger Fecker. Um, dear listener, do find his one album, which was just released two years ago, it was recorded in 1977 in Beirut during during the Civil War. Uh, it was recorded on a couple of reel-to-reels, and only 200 cassettes were printed. 
and handed out to friends. And I guess one cassette survived the Civil War and was remastered. The entire album was remastered from this uh, from from this one cassette. Uh, the album is is called uh, Fine Anyway. I was skeptical that the story was true until I found a video of, of Roger Facker uh, talking about it. I'm now convinced it, it is true because the album sounds so clean. The production is amazing, as if it was if, if it was literally just recorded this year. Uh, the lyrics are amazing. The musicality is is brilliant. It's very it's it's actually very very accessible music because he was just basically doing James Taylor uh, with with some uh, with some uh, Lebanese a uh, little bit of Lebanese sauce on it. Uh, fantastic album and uh, is a great find. Thank you for introducing uh, that one to me. Jose. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, available on through Bandcamp. That album is available through Bandcamp. Indeed. Uh, anyway, brother, uh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, my, my anarcho syndicalist uh, by any means necessary heart grew three sizes listening to your list. It, it, it is, it is the music of my, my DNA. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you. Zach, my friend, you, uh, you got some things to say? Yeah, I got a couple things to say. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this crunchy, confrontational, topical uh, list. Crunchy. Um, as always, really nice, diverse selection of genres. You got your Afrobeat, your hip hop, your alternative, your punk, your Broadway, <laughs> you know, just kind of nice and snug next to each other. Um, the Good, the Bad, and the Queen. I, I don't think I've ever heard somebody trying so hard to be Joe Strummer, but this is what Damon Albany <laughs> is, is doing here. It just, I don't know, it just jumped down my throat. I'm like, dude, just relax. Like, you got their mm-hmm. bass player. Like, you're fine. But I love Damon. <laughs> you want, if you, you know, you're looking for a songwriter that can sing about the complexities of modern British life, like, you really can't do much better than him. So that's a really good, really good choice. I just fell in love with Salt. I was a little perplexed that they're a religious group. I guess I need to read a little bit more about that. That was kind of, I was just like, huh? But I love the fact that, you know, they've got a ton of albums and they don't do press and they don't tour, uh, which is all just a way of them avoiding, uh, you know, all the corporate bullshit that comes with being a band these days. And I just love them for that. And it's just such a great track. Uh, You and I almost duped twice uh, for both PJ and Idols. I listened, I auditioned pretty much every track on Let England Shake. and, And in fact, the title track was on my list for a while before it got dethroned. This album is just kind of a, it's so, it's such a shock because I love PJ's early stuff and everything, all of her stuff has been so um, internal and focused on her own life and her relationships and everything. And then she does this album that's just not not about her at all. It's about her home. Including her voice. Yeah, everything, everything about her changes. And um, I thought that this was the album that actually marked that shift, but it was actually her previous, the, the one before this one, White Chalk. That was her first really big kind of sonic shift. This album is the first one where she's got something to say. It's almost a concept. It's, it's kind of a concept album, really. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's haunting and it's got this kind of folksy angle to it, which I think she's always been kind of flirting with because she did a couple of collaborations with uh, John Parrish, which I think you picked a song from one of those albums where you kind of felt like she wanted to go in that direction. And here I feel like she's really kind of leaning into it. Haunting and, and then folk. I, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then Idols, man, 
these guys I was introduced to, I think last year, they did an NPR Tiny Desk concert, which is fucking hilarious if you've ever watched a Tiny Desk concert, because it's just this precious twee kind of bookstore setting where you get a lot of people like singer songwriters and and electronic artists just kind of tinkling around and like talking to each other. And then you get idols in there just sweating <laughs> profusely and spitting on everything. Like all the books are just soaked. The song I was going to use from them was I'm Scum. Uh, that one really jumped out at me. And that's not from this album. It's from a different one. I, I come back to these two songs on this list, I think, more than any of the others. They're kind of the, the, the chewy center of the list for me. And I just it just dug it. I completely share your amazement that Eugene McDaniels is not a household name. This song is iconic in the sense that you feel like you've heard it before and you feel like other people have talked about it at length before and nobody fucking has, <laughs> but it, yeah, you're right. It, it is very much in that same vein of, of uh, Gil Scott Heron and those just those, the, the, that kind of awakening of, um, of black music in that, in that time belongs right alongside that catalog. And it's just, it's just kind of a shocker to me that, that uh, I didn't know about it and that apparently a lot of other people don't either. I always did Killer Mike. I, I was not aware that he had a whole lot of solo uh, stuff. So this is, this, that's news to me. I like how he makes rage funky. You know, he's an angry dude, but he knows how to channel it. Mm. And um, like Rob, I don't really have much more to say about Fela Kuti than has already been said. The guy's a legend. And then such a good capper, again, with Roger Fakir, who I don't know, uh, a very sobering um, closer. But uh, yeah, man, like always, just fantastic list. Thank you. A list that could have been the uh, like late day KXP right into the Woe Pop show when you don't even can't even see when you've crossed the line between the two because it's just so well <laughs> curated. Zach, you got the last comments on Jose. You also get the last list. You want to tell and I, anyone that's following along can we've ticked off Americana, the worldview. This is what I call the continental European list. Dug the shit out of it. Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. So, um, I, we've all talked about how we, we talked about, you know, what we thought we know about Guy Fox, And I was kind of disappointed to learn that if Guy Fox were alive today, he probably would have been at the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> um, yep. Wearing a Guy Fox mask too. Wearing a Guy Fox mask. Um, he might his actually image has be been... reincarnated in the QAnon shaman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's amazing how much his image has been, has been appropriated by folks whose causes we sympathize with. And he was a religious extremist. I mean, there's just no, there's no way around it, but he is famous. And regardless of what he actually did, what he's known for today is something that is, is, as Jose said, you know, something that we can use. And as soon as I heard the theme before I knew much about the guy, I really, had been waiting to use a couple of songs that I w used on this list. And um, I was just like, I don't, I don't care who this guy really was. I just really just want to use these songs because they just, you know, it's a revolutionary theme. I got to use these songs. But I was like, well, I don't know. I don't honestly don't know how I, how I eventually came to the conclusion that these should be spliced in with um, choral music. But I kind of, I, I liked the idea of a juxtaposition of the sacred and profane. I'm very and, glad you did. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
my I grew up in a classical household. My dad was a big classical fan, so I grew up with 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 Bach and Mozart and Brahms, and and uh, that music was just kind of all around when I was growing up. And I kind of wanted there to be a uh, kind of a face off, right? So you have the serene grace of the of the church, but then underneath that, underground, is the rumblings of a revolution. And I and I kind of wanted to introduce that with the first track, which is this very beautiful uh, Christmas carol once in Royal David city. And it's just, just this nice, quiet, uh, happy, like, you know, just taking a walk out and out in London in the, in the winter time and the, the bells are ringing and everything. And then you go to church and you do your cross and you say your prayers and then underground there's this rumble and that's the Constantines. And these are two songs from their out their first album that I, I basically consider just one song because the McKnight life is essentially just a, a ramp up to what I think is the best song they've ever done, which is steal the sound. This album came out over 20 years ago, and this band from Guelph, Ontario, were all 19 or 20 when they recorded it. So I've heard the Constantines described as if Fugazi was fronted by Bruce Springsteen. So they got that raw garage (laughs) sound, but then they've got the working class kind of poetry and voice of Bruce Springsteen. These guys piss me off. I put them in the category, in the fuck that guy category, because... (laughs) You don't get to be 19 years old and write lyrics like we stole our voice from the cigarette city underground. We dug this noise from the gospel soil at Jonestown. Our party employs no politician. Our feuds are not commissioned. We may not eat tonight. Like you don't get to be, you don't get to be a teenager and write lyrics like that. It's just like, there should be a law. And much in the way that Jose feels about Eugene McDaniel being like, why isn't he more famous? I kind of feel like these, this, these guys, they just got missed um, because this, this whole album is just wall to wall bangers. And this song I listen to often because it just gets me so fucking pumped. And the lyrics are just so goddamn good. Like when you get when you get this young, fiery band that is also just like super wise beyond their years, like something electric happens. And then I was like, well, what does the church think about that? <laughs> and so that's when the, the Confutatus comes in from Mozart's Requiem, which is equally fire, fiery and, and kind of matches the energy of of the Constantines. And then I go to the next um, big revolutionary song that I wanted to use, which was uh, Clinical Features of Rock Trauma. It is time that everybody understands that the party has not been trying to shuck and jive anybody. We've been trying to move this struggle from a lower to a higher level. All the people who sacrificed their lives in all organizations who are political prisoners, etc., must be defended. We understand that fascism is just in America. And we are going to create, and we're going to put together, and the year is coming. So uh, for Monument of Masses were, sadly, they are no longer together, um, a post-rock band from the Bay Area. They're kind of like a post-rock indie version of like Rage Against the Machine, except they don't sing. They let the revolutionaries do their talking. So that was obviously Bobby Seale that you hear there. But they, they sample 
uh, Noam Chomsky and Fred Hampton and and all these people, and then they just they 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 use all of the best speeches. The the speech that you heard at the intro at the top of the show is from Mario Savio, and that speech is used in another from Monument to Masses song that I also really like. But they had um, some really strong uh, explosions in the sky feeling. Like I kept thinking totally. that might be who it was before I checked the track list. But what I like about him is that, yeah, like you hear, like the, even the, even the first half of the song, you you definitely get that, like, well, this is definitely post rock. But then that sample that you just played is just great because it's just it's it's got this like swagger and this funk to it, and then just to hear that revolutionary speech on top of it. Um, Do you want the other track? From that's that another same one. Song that was a double up. Yeah, so this comes right after that. <laughs> Yeah, it's yes. just just rock so fucking hard. Um, and 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 the song ends with children playing and laughing. Like the song is just the song contains multitudes. Like it's just a, it's just great. And then we go to the German Requiem from Brahms, which is a, f- a favorite choral piece of mine. The dichotomies at play here are great. I don't know how important this is, but to me, it just kind of made me chuckle. So Brahms is a Lutheran. And he was writing a requiem mass, which is something that you hear in a Catholic church. And he took his libretto from the Lutheran Bible, um, which I just thought was genius. I don't know if he, that, that was his little fuck you to the church, to the Catholic church. But if it, if it was, then just like, dude, you crazy well bearded madman. I love you. <laughs> well done, man. Um, and this is, this is the most serene, I think, movement out of the whole. The, the rest of it is very dark and dirgy and I love it, but this one is very serene and it's just, Oh, how lovely is it to be in God's house surrounded by God's glory? And it's just, isn't life just grand. And then Radiohead comes on and says, fuck you. Come on out and fight us. I honestly don't really know what the song is about. And Tom York is one of those people that gets really pissed off when people ask him what the songs <laughs> are about, which suggests to me that I don't even think he really knows. Um, but he does say the words Holy Roman Empire, and it's a it's a, it's a a provocation to a fight. So I'm just like, well, of course, this has to go in there somewhere, right? After that is the Pert Magnificat, uh, which is just this haunting piece. I don't know too much about Pert. I've heard his stuff in the past. I've always enjoyed it. This one signifies to me a little uncertainty on the church's part. Now the church is worried. Now the church is like, oh God, what are we going to do? The masses are at our door. And then from there we go to another favorite band of mine from the early 2000s, McCluskey.
And then the lyric right after that is, and we're all going going straight straight to hell. (laughs) Um, This might be the most important song on the playlist for me because it kind of reflects my opinion on this whole fucking mess, which is that, you know, religion is basically just a couple of kids in the schoolyard uh, comparing penis size. Like, you know, the lyric is, the lyric is my love is bigger than your love. And, and there's the famous saying, God is love. Right. So that's, that's what all religious conflict is. My love is bigger than your love. My God is bigger than your love. There's an, there's even another line where they're like, my dad is better than your dad. Like my Holy father is better than your Holy father. And then we're all going to hell at the end. I mean, it's just like so many good thematic connective tissues there. I appreciate that. And then of course I had to kind of almost close, close things out with the hallelujah chorus, uh, just because, you know, the church, regardless of whether they have won or lost, will always think that they've won and <laughs> will always uh, will always celebrate. And um, and, you know, in, in the case of, of Guy Fox, they, they did win. He, he got caught and they did horrible things to him. And we were like, God has prevailed. I was originally going to close this playlist out with Dear God by XTC because I just wanted the Hallelujah Chorus and that song to live right next to each other because it was just a <laughs> delicious deliciously ironic. Uh, but then of course I heard a knock at the door and who was standing there, but Nina, uh, she didn't have her gun out, but she was wearing this really lovely, uh, like shoulder holster. And I could see the the pearl handle, you know, (laughs) and she said, I hear you're working on a playlist and I've got a really good closer for it. You you know, you would do well to uh, consider it. And I was like, of course, ma'am. Yes, absolutely. If your time to you is worth saving, Stop swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they're changing, changing The thing that kind of hit me about this was like the, the name of the playlist is, is, is Hymns and Manifestos and to me, they're all manifestos, right? And the punk songs are manifestos, but the, the religious songs are manifestos. God is great. God is everything. God will fuck you up. And so I kind of wanted a voice of reason to come in and be like, time to grow up. Grow up or die. That's the, Those are your options. So yeah, there it is. You know, I, this is definitely a uh, personal taste thing, but for me, the the magic of playlists is in transitions, is in the move from one song to the next, like the connections. And that's why I liked this list so much because it was a reminder of why classical music is still played. It has survived as long as it has, like the way that you kept moving back and forth between classical and modern music was delightful. Like every transition works. Uh, It reminds me of the fact that broadcasting was originally supposed to mean broad casting the the mix there the, the genius is not in being able to have a lot of songs that sound exactly the same but to have songs from very different genres that work together and that's how this list worked for me so well uh rob or jose who wants to jump in first okay all right zach fuck's sake man uh, <laughs> i thank you for defying expectations because this uh, uh, like again like i said earlier i didn't expect either of your lists and this one in particular i the dichotomy between the classical and, and the modern just just like fed my soul like peanut butter and chocolate like peas and carrots <laughs> 
it is really hard to define just how because you don't hear this mix. You don't hear this mix all that often in playlists. You don't unless it's something that very specifically asked for. You know, you don't hear a full in Rob's case, you don't hear a full old timey music list unless that is something that is asked for, something that the 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 list maker wants to do. Same with this. And so I was excited by the challenge of like, okay, let's see, let's see the connective pieces. And of course, as I typically do with both of you, but especially you, Zach, of creating a narrative around it. My inner editor was unsure which story to tell because it, to me, it, to my mind, it, keeping in mind that Guido uh, Guy is Catholic, a lot of the, the hymns, I kept looking into them, they seem to have this very Catholic uh, talking about the voice of God and being in touch with nature that some of these songs I associated with him. There were certain other songs like uh, the 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 uh, the Christmas Carol that begins the list. Definitely uh, <laughs> the one that was written by a Lutheran that used the Lutheran scripture to to create it. Uh, that was another one where it's like, okay, this seems more this seems more anti-Catholic. So I just kept playing back and forth between whose voice was who, uh, depending on the on what was going on internally. So that was what was playing in my head as I listened to this list. Some standouts, though. Uh, Constantine's uh, Steal This Sound kicked my ass. I really had a great time with that song. And uh, as I as I do with each of the lyrics, like like looking through and reading them and like, OK, yeah, this is a definite statement being made about X. You know, in this case, I thought this was about uh, uh, from the point of view of uh, Fox talking to the cat to the English, the Anglican church. Another standout for me, uh, for, for again, the narrative reasons, is Radiohead's You and Whose Army. And it was the line that you picked out that, you know, you and your Roman Empire. To me, that was the church telling Guy Fox, hey, yeah, let's like you and whose army, you and your holy Roman Empire. Shut the fuck up. That's, that's how I took that song and gave me a hearty, hearty chuckle when I thought about it at the time. And uh, the, the uh, oh, man, good Lord so much in this uh this last third of this list but uh i gotta put the focus on nina because that song and that version of that song oh, oh good good lord it yeah to me she was not just the the bandolero with the with the pearl handle but also she was hiding a shiv <laughs> no you're playing the song motherfucker you may disarm me from this gun but i'm gonna stick this in your throat if you don't play she's it. leaning on a shovel uh, that she will use to bury, <laughs> to bury your fucking ass uh because it's a great powerful powerful rendition of the song and i i in order to stop rambling i will let Rob take over and uh, get his thoughts on this Just list. before Rob jumps in, uh, I, there was a student story at the open mic the other night that was all about a powerfully, like mystically powerful woman and ended with, and they didn't know whether to revere or fear her. And the answer is, of course, fucking both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Always revere and fear her. Um. Zachary, you did another <laughs> special thing yes, Robert. with this one. Um, but in interest of time, uh, I'll kind of bust through a lot of this. Uh, the Constantines is a great one to punch. You're right. It is one song. It just needs to, uh, it needs, it needs to be played together. And I think you're very, very smart in, in holding that sanctity 
this list is very much about sanctity and you've uh, you've treated it thusly. Uh, you doing confutatis. My note for that was, yeah, that tracks. Uh, because there is, of course, that beautiful, beautiful scene in Amadeus, which is your favorite film of all time. And you've been kind enough to ask me about like why my favorite film is my favorite film. But I've never asked you why Amadeus is your favorite film. And I'd like to get briefly, if you can, just why. I mean, I get it. It's in my top 20, but I want to hear your words. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I guess it's kind of hard to put my finger on it. I can tell you kind of the surface reasons. I think it's the best use of music in a film, like music as a storyteller, um, the best arrangement yeah. of the music, the best placement of the music, and uh, the best, from my money, the best screen performance with F. Marie Abraham as, as Salieri, just absolutely heartbreaking. I saw it at an impressionable age and it just hasn't left me. And it's, it's one of those movies I do think about from time to time. Like, what is it about this movie that, that, that just uh, gets to me? I think there's, there's a couple of scenes where Salieri is talking about his experience of seeing the notes on the page of Mozart's music and then hearing it in his head as he's, as he's watching it and just collapsing because he's, he says, well, this is it. This is everything that I thought I was and I'm not. Um, and he's over, he's overwhelmed. He's overtaken with joy and envy at the same time. And both of those scenes just, I don't know, man, they just, they just, they overwhelm me every time I see them. So I think it's just, it's a movie about music and the power of music. And uh, yeah, I just, I just love it. I adore it. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and, and those, both those scenes, they, they terminate perfectly when they are uh, together, Salieri and, and Mozart, they're composing confutatis. And, and and he's sitting there going, I, I I don't get it, I don't get it. You're going too fast. I don't understand. I don't understand. And then finally he right. gets it. And then he gets it. Uh, it. It's beautiful. They both Tom Hulse and uh, F. Murray Abraham deserve whatever accolades they get for the, those performances. Thank you for introducing me to uh, to from monuments to masses because uh, that is right the fuck up my alley. And I will be diving hard into them. Uh, I, I I was the one who picked the clip that was the uh, where's the sound, where's the amplification clip because yeah. it's just so goddamn fucking rock and roll, and it's so goddamn it's so rock, just yeah, and dissident, um, dissident being a dissident because like the what's he, you can hardly make out what he's saying, but he's saying like where's the sound, where's the amplification, no safety numbers. Danger in numbers. I want to be more dangerous than a radio, than a stadium. And it's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for oh, that. absolutely. We move along to, uh, yeah. So you, <laughs> I didn't know that Brahms had had composed his Requiem of the Lutheran uh, faith because my note for that was the most joyous funeral ever. <laughs> I want a joy. <laughs> I want a joyous Brahms funeral, which it's very light and lilting with beautiful voices, and it, it, it juxtaposes very, very, very harshly against the confutatis maledictis mm. uh, of Mozart. Uh, you get these gorgeous lilting voices that are singing. It's like, yeah, yeah, this person probably had a happy life. Don't know what that funeral is all about, but regardless, it is the happiest funeral ever. I had not. I don't have much of a history with uh, with uh, Arvo Pert. Thank you for for that as well. Uh, this particular one, Magnificat, uh, is it's a celebration of of Mary's song or of Mary's uh, prayer. Uh, it's I think it's uh, one Luke forty five to fifty five, if I'm remembering correctly. 
And uh, the final two lines of that uh, verses of verses 54 and 55 right now are actually uh, quite meaningful. They're often used for uh, Zionist apologists, uh, Christian Mm. or Catholic Zionist apologists to, to, uh, to promote and uh, maintain Zionism. So that, that particular uh, suite uh, per suite that you chose is, uh, is both timely and also beautiful, and uh, it was new to me, so I appreciate that. We go along to McCluskey, and my note was, uh, no, this is my new favorite song, uh, because it is uh, Indian <laughs> money food. It is true rock. That is true rock right there. And I love how you how you uh, put it into focus. That is, It's kind of like religion. It's just measuring dick sizes on the playground. Absolutely perfect. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about Nina. Uh, so let's go ahead and get this, the, get this out of the way. Um, I'd never heard that song. I'd never heard this version before, to be honest with you. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I'd never heard her version. I'd only heard Dylan's and maybe a couple other covers. And this is the first time that I actually felt intimidated. Not because it's Nina. And I hope not because of latent like white supremacy and misogynoir. But the way that she presents that song is so powerful you get the message. It's it's time for you to fucking pay attention because the times are changing. I never got that with Dylan. I never did. It was just yeah. But with her, I got he, it. I he listened was to every guy. Reflecting on what was happening, she was saying what was happening. Yeah, yeah, what no doubt. Absolutely, well put. <laughs> a, a beautiful choice. I'm I'm really glad. I I do appreciate that you had XCC there. I, uh, dear God, that's a great record. Uh, it's a great atheistic anthem, uh, but. Man, I'm more appreciative of this. Again, you did excellent work. I love the uh, I love the juxtaposition uh, between the the classical and the, the rock. You you navigated that perfectly, and I don't think anybody else would have would have done as well as you did. Uh, so again, excellent work. And, and to both of you, I revisited your lists after about a week or so off uh, during the time that we uh, were trying to get the shit together. And I have to say, my favorite food of all time is leftover lasagna you know just like 24 hour old lasagna that's been like sitting there percolating in its juices and you reheat it and part of it doesn't quite cook all the way through but that's the best part the cold part you know covered by the meltiness of everything else and coming back to these lists after like a week uh week break yeah these lists are fucking leftover lasagna they're my they they, they work well after after a short break so thank I you. think it was really important Thanks, that you gave the explanation first before you said these <laughs> lists are left <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> I would have been like, um, thanks. Uh, thank you both to Jim and Rob for crystallizing my thoughts on the Nina Simone song perfectly. I could not put that into words. Thank you. Thank you both. So uh, we're going to get some birthday lists that I think are going to diverge at one point wildly from our previous lists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is very, very true. Rob, can can you bring those out for us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I can, my friend. Dear listener, uh, if you're not aware, I take the release year of every single one of our songs in our lists, and I average them out to find the spiritual birthday of each list. Starting with me, uh, my list was born on July 13th, 1972 at 7.19 p.m. Uh, Where was I at that time? Somewhere in my mom's ovaries, because I didn't exist. Uh, So... (laughs) 
That was before I was born. Uh, my U.S. number one song on that day was Lean on Me, Bill Withers, uh, one of my all-time favorite soul, uh, soul singers, yeah, nice one. Um, one of my all-time favorite baritones, Bill Withers, uh, lives in my heart. So I will take I that. I believe we all have songs that when they start playing, you actually can't control yourself to sing along. Mm-hmm. And that's the one, whether it's one of the ones for me, I, I cannot not sing along with that when I hear it. Every Please time. keep singing, brother. Please always keep singing. Uh, my UK number one hit song was uh, Puppy Love by Donny Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually, like, I, I appreciate Donny Osmond. Uh, I, I do, uh, but I, I just can't get with him. He's too cheesy and Mormon for me. Uh, moving on to Jose. Jose. Your list was born on March 7th, 1999 at 9.49 in the morning. March 7th, Hmm. 1999 at 9.49 in the morning. We know you were in a show. Yeah. Uh, I might have been directing a show. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, actually, I think I was. um, That was actually only a few months before you and I met for the first time. Uh, We met met in August of 99 doing... A show called Puna the Fuck Dog and Other Place for Children. <laughs> so yes, performing, performing <laughs> them. <laughs> and I was about I was about to direct uh, Liam White's uh, Sunken, which has happened oh, later that sick. year. Mm. Very nice. Your number one U.S. Uh, hit song was Believe by Cher. Oh yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, your U.K. number one hit song was uh, When the Going Gets Tough by Boyzone. Oh. Okay, not familiar with that version, but I'll I'll, I'll just pretend it's the one by uh, Billy Ocean, and I'm, I'll be. Fine. <laughs> uh, moving on to Zach, your list, uh, hymns and manifestos, was born on April 9th, nineteen ninety four, at two forty three in the afternoon, April 9th, nineteen ninety four. Were you like Mike, a senior in high school? No, I was a sophomore in high school because I graduated oh. in 96. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I was probably rehearsing for a really shitty play at my high school. <laughs> <laughs> what was the play? It was being directed um, by Jose. Yeah, right. See, 94 sophomore year, I think it was we – did, we did a version of 12 Angry Men, uh, like a co-ed version of 12 Angry Men. It was actually called 12 Angry Jurors. It actually wasn't that bad. But I played the Lee J. Cobb character. I was the angry one. Nice. Very nice. Your yeah. U.S. number I, I one hit song. E- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think I was expecting for some reason that we would get the average of like the release dates of all the songs. So I was expecting somewhere around like 1800 well, something. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, because, well, so no, I, I did the recording dates. My apologies. Um, so I, I should probably, yeah, say it, it's a recording date and uh, like – for instance, Nigel Mariner uh, recorded like a few of those things in the eighties, instead of like you know, so that the sixteen hundreds. Because then I would have been like, I got nothing <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, I was born during the Civil War. Uh, your U.S. number one hit song, <laughs> "Ain't Nothing Wrong with a Little Bump and Grind" by R. Kelly. <laughs> oh, oh no! Open grind, R. Kelly. I, I, did, Jesus Christ! Was that the one of those poison pills? Like as soon as R. Kelly gets mentioned twice in one episode, we have to stop doing this. Was that one of the things they agreed on? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll say that. That will be our, yeah. our or take a break at the very least. <laughs> Indeed. Your UK number one hit song, 
uh, was Everything Changes by Take That. I got nothing cool. there. Anyway, yeah. that's your list, yeah. gentlemen. Zach and Jose, you got any uh, final words or meta commentary on the? I, I so keep I keep on saying on this past week. <laughs> uh, I just want to say I'm glad we finally got to do this. I was I was worried for a time that it actually just wasn't going to happen ever. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm glad that it did. Out of everything that we've done, and we've done some great stuff over the last however many episodes, but I the the dichotomy of the three different lists this time through really highlights the work that the you gentlemen are doing. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'd say I I, I agree with that. This is a this is a tight three lists uh, to be released out into the world now, uh, and I'm glad people get to listen to them. Uh, so uh, thank you for joining us uh, on the Needle Exchange. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, please tell other people and get them to follow along and listen as well. Uh, for our next episode, we've decided now that we're going on to seven episodes in, it might be time to maybe allow Rob McGregor to have one of his themes done. So that's what we'll be doing for our next episode. And I hope you'll join us to hear what they do with it on the next Needle Exchange.